Biden and Congress declare war on God and his people. What powerful Arkansas politician agrees with them on the Respect for Marriage Act? Find out on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 293 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right, have you heard about the so-called Respect for Marriage Act? Before I tell you what it's all about, I'm going to read to you the statement from the Log Cabin Republicans. The Log Cabin Republicans is a group of people proud of being homosexuals, but also they say they are conservative Republicans. And this group has been around since 1977, and it's very much in the mainstream of the National Republican Party here in the United States of America. And here's what Law Cabinet Republicans President Charles Moran says about the United States Senate passing the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. He says, 12 Senate Republicans made history today by voting for the Respect for Marriage Act to codify marriage equality into federal law while protecting the rights of religious institutions to practice their faith as they choose. He says, we thank these forward-thinking Republicans for voting to defy the Democrats' false narrative about our party and align the GOP not just with the majority opinion of the country, but with the majority of Republican voters. He says, this is a bipartisan bill that conservatives from all parts of the Republican coalition should be proud of. He says there is still more legislative work to be done to get this bill signed into law, but today's vote and the Republicans who were a part of it deserve recognition for their conviction and courage. 
Now, in the next hour or so, I will put forth enough evidence for you to see that that statement from this homosexual Republican group is entirely inaccurate. I will give you the evidence. But incoming Deputy Chief of Staff of incoming Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Judd Deere, responded, historic! Exclamation mark. Now, Judd is an openly gay Republican. I first met him, I want to say seven or eight years ago, when he worked for Attorney General Leslie Rutledge. After Sarah Huckabee Sanders became press secretary for President Trump, she invited Judd Deere to come be her deputy press secretary. And he stayed there until the end of the uh, the Trump term and then went to work for a rhino U.S. senator from Tennessee, uh, Bill Haggerty. And then this year, 2022, he joined Sarah's campaign after the primary and now is incoming deputy chief of staff. So he thinks that this bill codifying gay marriage is historic. He's a... Uh, Seems to be very excited about this. Well, it's historic, all right. But let me share with you what people are saying about it. Okay, first of all, you need to know the senators who voted for it, the Republican, all, all the Democrat senators voted for it, except uh, uh, Raphael Warnock. Uh, Georgia didn't vote because he was out campaigning. Roy Blunt of Missouri, who is lame duck on his way out. Richard Burr, North Carolina, lame duck on his way out. Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia. Susan Collins, Maine. Joni Ernst, Iowa. Cynthia Lummis, Wyoming. Lisa Murkowski, Alaska. Now, remember, Lisa Murkowski is the woman that Mitch McConnell put something like $10 million into her campaign to make sure that this rhino defeated an actual conservative Republican in Alaska. Mitch cut off any funding for conservative Republicans running for Senate in Arizona and Nevada and poured all the money into Alaska. Okay, who else voted for this monstrosity? Uh, Outgoing U.S. Senator Rob Portman of Ohio, Mitt Rhino Romney, Utah, Dan Sullivan, Alaska, Tom Tillis, North Carolina, and Todd Young, Indiana. And, of course, people are calling them traitors, and I understand why. The great William Wolfe, former director of, State Department, Deputy Assistant Secretary at Department of Defense under President Trump, who I've interviewed on this show before, said out there on Twitter, a group of Senate Republicans are about to betray every American who believes in the one true definition of marriage. That's right. The great Tom Ellis, 
pardon me, the great Tom Elliott, who calls himself a biased journalist. He actually is the founder of the uh, Grabian website. He's on Twitter saying there is no right to same-sex marriage. Congress has no power to define marriage. This bill merely empowers lawyers to sue religious Americans who aren't baking the cakes that the gays want them to bake, etc., or the florists or whoever else. Another sad day for America. Tom Elliott continues, The most ironic thing here is how liberals have been caterwauling about Texas abortion law, turning people into vigilantes, and now they turn around and do the same exact thing, except trial lawyers are the LGBT community's new hired guns. Responding to the Washington Post headline, Senate passes Respect for Marriage Act with bipartisan support offering federal protections for same-sex marriage. Jesse Kelly, great talk show host out of Houston, Texas, says, the Senate just took a critical step in the ongoing war against your church or religious institution. The LGBTQ demon mob has joined forces with the government to destroy their common enemy, you. Next, William Wolfe also had this statement. We are all Jack Phillips now. Of course, Jack Phillips is the Christian who is a baker. He has the Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado Springs where the gays keep on harassing him and suing him because he won't do artwork celebrating two guys or two women getting married. He'll sell them any cake they want. He's just not going to do the artwork celebrating something he knows is anathema to the God of the Bible, the Lord of the universe. So there's that. Now, just remember, keep it in the back of your mind that incoming Republican governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, everybody's been so excited. She's going to be so much better than Asa Hutchinson. The deputy chief of staff she handpicked, Judd Deere, is really excited about this so-called Respect for Marriage Act. And I'm going to give you all the information you need to know about this. Uh, Evangelist Franklin Graham, by the way, is calling on Americans to contact, well, he was calling on Americans to contact their senators before the vote, warning them that the so-called Respect for Marriage Act legislation would fail to protect individuals with a traditional, will fail to protect individuals who believe in the traditional concept of marriage. Franklin Graham, president of Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association said on his Facebook page over the weekend, the Respect for Marriage Act is coming before the Senate again on Monday. Why should that matter to you? Because it, will, it, because it could impact you, your family, your church, and our nation. The name is a smokescreen, very deceptive. He said it's like 
the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act that did nothing but increase inflation and further hurt our economy. So, hat tip to um, Frank Fong over at the EpicTimes.com for the article on Franklin Graham. But wait, there's more. Now, I want to share with you some audio, but first, let me... Let me get to a a brief article here from thefederalist.com. Sean Fleetwood. Article entitled, GOP Senator's Top Priority After Failed Midterms Elections is Helping Democrats Trample the Meaning of Marriage. Now, this article came out November 15th. Subtitle. The Respect for Marriage Act would open the floodgates for leftists to wage an all-out legal assault against any American obeying the word of God. He says, having seemingly learned nothing from their losses in the 2022 midterms, Senate Republicans are preparing to sell out their voters by working with their Democrat colleagues to alter the definition of marriage under federal law by the end of this week. Again, the article was on November 15th. He says, on Monday, a bipartisan group of senators announced they had reached an agreement on adding an amendment to the deceptively named Respect for Marriage Act, which they claim would both codify same-sex marriage into federal law and protect Americans' religious liberty and diverse beliefs. Under the proposed legislation, states would be legally prevented from denying full faith and credit to any public act, record, or judicial proceeding with respect to marriages between individuals based on sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. The Democrat-controlled House had previously passed an earlier version of the bill this year, with the help of 47 Republicans in the House. If Congress successfully passes it, the measure would allow left-wing activists to use the legal system to harass religious Americans and institutions for simply exercising their God-given rights. As the Family Heritage Alliance noted, the bill would require federal recognition of any one state's definition of marriage without any parameters, including open marriages and marriages involving a minor or a relative, and any other new definition of marriage that a state chooses to adopt could be recognized federally. Now, if you recall, the Obergefell decision of 2015 basically told the states you have no right to define marriage. Now you have no right to define marriage between one man and one woman. You have no right to define marriage, just so you know. But I digress. Sean Fleetwood of the Federalist says, organizations such as the Colson Center have also highlighted the dangers of the legislation, specifically 
the door it leaves open for Democrats to codify radical gender theory into federal law. The Colson Center says it is the LGBTQ community that is referred to throughout the bill, which means that if this bill passes, marriage will become a genderless institution by force of law. This will harm children and further confuse reality. So, in essence, the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act would open the floodgates for leftists to wage an all-out assault against any American for obeying the Word of God and refusing to bow to their rainbow-everything agenda. Since the U.S. Supreme Court's 2015 Obergefell v. Hodges decision, which overturned marriage laws in numerous states and redefined the institution of marriage by judicial decree, LGBT activists have used the legal system to target religious Americans and institutions across the country over sexuality and so-called gender issues. One of the most prominent cases in recent years is that of Jack Phillips, a Colorado cake artist taken to court because he refused to make a custom wedding cake for a same-sex wedding. Although the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Phillips in 2018, the Colorado baker has since found himself in court once again, this time for refusing to make a cake celebrating transgenderism. Other examples of targeted assaults against people and institutions of faith over LGBT matters include the Biden administration's directing religious schools to allow individuals to use their preferred dormitories and shared shower spaces. Of course, Joe would like that. His own daughter said in her diary that he took showers with her. Anyway, I digress. Other examples of targeted assaults against people and institutions of faith over LGBT Matters include the Biden administration's directing religious schools to allow individuals to use their preferred dormitories and shared shower spaces, multiple lawsuits against Christian wedding vendors, and attacks on faith-based adoption agencies. The Republican senators partnering with Democrats on the amendment, however, are putting a different spin on it. Retiring Ohio Republican Senator Rob Portman Rod Portman said in a joint statement with Democrat Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, the Respect for Marriage Act is a needed step to provide millions of loving couples in same-sex and interracial marriages. What does interracial marriages have to do with it? The certainty that they will continue to enjoy the freedoms rights and responsibilities afforded to all other marriages. We look forward to this legislation coming to the floor and are confident that this amendment has helped earn the broad bipartisan support needed to pass our common sense legislation into law. So they're not dealing in good faith because no state contemplates outlawing interracial marriages. So they're not dealing in good faith. So any Republican member of Congress that votes against this thing, they can say, well, you you voted against protecting interracial marriage. No. I voted against pretending two men can be married or two women can be married. 
In addition to to uh, Senator Portman of Ohio, other senators involved in negotiations include Democrats Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, as well as Republicans Tom Tillis of North Carolina and Susan Collins of Maine. Upon the announcement of the newly proposed amendment, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer filed a motion for the upper chamber to hold a procedural vote on the legislation with it expected to take place the day before Thanksgiving, according to CBS News. If successful in clearing the 60-vote threshold, which it did, the measure would move to final passage and would then need to be passed by the House once again before going to Joe Biden's desk for signature. Uh, They say that will probably be done this week, by the way. Among the Republican senators that have previously indicated support for federally changing the definition of marriage were Mitt Romney, Ron Johnson, and Lisa Murkowski. Okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute, because because Ron Johnson is not one of the 12 that voted for this thing. Because I just gave you their names a few minutes ago, and Ron Johnson is not one of them. So I don't know where that came from. Anyway, that is the great Sean Fleetwood over the Federalist.com GOP Senator's Top priority after failed midterms is helping Democrats trample the meaning of marriage. I mean, the Republicans in Congress never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. You know what I'm saying, Holmes? I've got a lot more for you. And I hope by the time we finish our conversation today, you will realize that any Republican member of Congress saying, oh, this is a good thing, or for that matter, any Republican politician like Judd Deere, incoming Deputy Chief of Staff or incoming Republican and name-only Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you'll know they're not, they're not shooting straight with you. I want to say thank you to our advertisers for allowing us to continue to do the Doc Washburn Show day in and day out, now into our second year including my buddy Mitch Ward at Red River Your Way. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including... Your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to online and have it driven to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process 
is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door. No matter where you live in the continental United States of America, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. You know, I've been talking for quite some time now about how the world's going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. Now, we all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people, were forced to close up. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? For that matter, what can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the same items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. We now have over 30 different Patriot influencers on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these big businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website again is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, because that's how you heard about us. SwitchToAmerica.com. Switch away from the globalists and SwitchToAmerica.com. All right, now, I want to give you some audio. A couple of senators who are saying, guys, um, look, we, we, need to, um, we need to have some amendments here, okay? We need to have some amendments to this Respect for Marriage Act if we really want to protect people of religious faith. Now, interestingly enough, even though Mitt Romney of Utah happily voted for this bill to allow liberal attorneys 
to go to war against people of faith. The other U.S. senator from Utah is named Mike Lee. And Mike Lee practically begged his fellow Republicans, please don't vote for this bill unless and until my amendment gets passed because I'm trying to protect people of faith. And a number of Republicans were like, yeah, we don't care. We don't care. Now, it's one thing to look at the ones who are lame ducks, who are on their way out in just a few days. It's another thing to look at guys who uh, are not going anywhere. And from time to time, I get into conversations with people who say, well, so-and-so needs to be defeated. And I'm like, well, he's not running for re-election for a few more years now. You know, members of the U.S. Senate have six-year terms. Well, he needs to be recalled. Okay, well, here's the thing. The way the founders set it up, you and I are not supposed to be able to vote for a U.S. senator in the first place. The state legislatures of each state voted for two U.S. senators. And the state legislatures, they felt like the U.S. senators were kind of getting out of hand, no longer representing um, the best interests of the states. Then those state legislatures could recall the U.S. senators. Now, that all changed 1913 when Amendment 17 was passed and signed into law, saying, okay, from now on we're going to have direct election of the U.S. senators you know, from the, from the voting public. And the problem with that is now nobody can recall them. They just feel like they're a law unto themselves. All they have to do is worry about running for re-election every six years. And a lot of American voters do not have long memories, if you catch my drift. So these folks just skate. Anyway, I say all that to say this. I will play for you um, what Mike Lee said, which is a short clip. But first, let's go to Senator James Lankford of Kansas talking about the need for an amendment to this Respect for Marriage Act so we're not just uh, trampling over the First Amendment rights to freedom of religion of American citizens. Here he is. In 2015, after the Beggarfield decision came down for the Supreme Court, putting same-sex marriage as the law of the land, President Obama made a statement to the country came and spoke to the country when there's a lot of heat and a lot of emotion going on around the country around that particular decision. He was supportive of the Obergefell decision, but he made this statement. That time, President Obama said, I know that Americans of goodwill continue to hold a wide range of views on this issue. Opposition in some cases has been based on sincere and deeply held religious beliefs. All of us who welcome today's news should be mindful of that fact, recognize different viewpoints, revere our deep commitment to religious freedom. 
It's a wise statement from President Obama during that time period to be able to say there are going to be a lot of views. We as Americans need to have a wide set of conversations about same-sex marriage and about how we revere marriage in general. There are different religious views, different perspectives. Now we're approaching a bill that will be voted on in just about two hours. This bill has a section in it dealing with marriage, and it says it has certain religious protections in it. As I read the bill initially to be able to check the religious protections that are in it, I was surprised at some things that were in it, and I was surprised at some of the things that were left out. So our team went to work writing an amendment to address the specific issues in this bill. We narrowly tailored this bill for our amendment and we addressed it. Why? Because we were the only ones that thought there was a problem? Actually, no. We weren't the only ones that saw this bill as a problem, dealing with religious liberty. In fact, religious liberty groups all over the country and religious institutions started contacting our office and putting out their own statements in opposition to this bill, saying the bill as currently written, even with the quote-unquote religious protections in it, do not actually protect the religious liberty of all Americans. Just a short list of this. Groups that are in strong opposition to this bill. The Alliance Defending Freedom. The American Association of Christian Schools. Catholic Vote, the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, the Centennial Institute, the Christian Employees Alliance, Concerned Women for America, Eagle Forum, Ethics and Public Policy Center, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, Faith and Freedom Coalition, the Family Research Council, the Family Policy Alliance, Focus on the Family, the Heritage Foundation, Liberty Council, Lifeline Christian uh, Lifeline Children's Services, the National Religious Broadcasters, Religious Freedom Institute, the U.S. Conference of Catholics Bishops, Samaritan's Purse, the list goes on and on and on of organizations and entities that read through this bill and said there are major concerns with the religious liberty portions of this bill. You see where this is going? Now again, incoming Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Deputy Chief of Staff, Judd Deere, real excited about this bill. As it reads, here's more from Kansas Senator James Lankford. Now, I'm well aware that there are also groups that have put out a statement and said they're comfortable with it, that it would protect them. But other organizations are putting out statements and saying, yeah, that's nice for you, but it actually wouldn't protect us and our members. There are three major concerns that are in the bill itself. By the way, I apologize. He's from Oklahoma. It's right below Kansas. My mistake. All right, three major concerns about this bill. Let let, let, let me go back where we uh, left off. And our members. There are three major concerns that are in the bill itself on the issue of religious liberty. And if these three things are not changed in this bill, it will put the issue of religious liberty at great risk for millions of Americans who, as President Obama said, hold just sincerely held beliefs that are different. 
The first is this. There's a section in the very beginning of the bill where it says any, any entity that's acting under the color of state law. And then it puts all the restrictions there on them. That's a broadening, actually, of what Obergefell actually did. This says any entity, actually, or individual that's acting in the color of state law. What, what does that mean? Because most people don't live in that legal kind of council. Well, this would be an entity that a, a state actually hires to fulfill a, a, something for them on behalf of the state. So let me give you a for instance on this. A private prison may be one of those examples. But it could also be adoption agencies foster care agencies. It could be an entity that actually does housing for immigrant and migrant families. It could be a homeless shelter that's contracted by the state to be able to provide services. It could be any number of entities. Many of these entities are actually done by religious organizations that the state actually contracts with them to be able to do those services. In this new statute, if this passes in two hours there would be a new restriction on those religious entities that formerly held contracts that then would very well be pushed out from providing those services. I remind you, our nation functions under not just government operations, but cooperations with families and with faith-based entities and nonprofit entities around the country. Our safety net, I talk about often, our safety first safety net are the families, the second safety net are nonprofit entities, and the third safety net is government. And many governments partner with nonprofit, including faith-based entities, to be able to carry out social services. For those entities, they would now have a target on them because they're functioning under the color of state law. And they would have new restrictions. So their choice would be either not to provide those services or to abandon their faith. You got it? See where this is going? It's really bad, y'all. Really bad. Pray for our country. Here's more from Oklahoma United States Senator James Lankford. Now, what are the challenges to them in particular in this? Well, the first challenge is they would face litigation from the attorney general's office. The second challenge would be they now face a new what's called a private right of action. That's the second area my amendment specifically deals with. First, it corrects this looping into lots of new faith-based entities and saying you're now a state actor, you're under new restrictions. The second one would be this private right of action. The private right of action would now be anyone who's functioning, quote-unquote, under the color of state law, would now be a target from an individual that senses that they have been harmed by the entity. Now, it's not defined what harmed means in, in this new statute. It just says if someone feels they've been harmed by it, they would now have the opportunity to be able to sue someone else because of that. It's not hard for me to be able to say something that's fairly obvious. That is, if Congress creates a new right to sue people, there will be a lot more lawsuits. And there'll be new tests and evaluations on that. For anyone who believes that this new right to be able to sue people won't be used and won't be used quickly by lawyers and outside groups all around the country, you're kidding yourself. Of course it will be. That's the thing. That's why it's written the way it is. Of course it's going to be used that way. What will happen in the days ahead 
will be there will be who knows countless numbers of lawsuits testing every new definition of what under the color of state law what a partnership with government might look like whether that is a vendor that's at an official state event or whether that is an entity that's providing something like a private prison or adoption services. They'll all face lawsuits and challenges in the days ahead by entrepreneurial attorneys testing out the limits of this new law. We don't know what those limits will be determined by the courts. We have no idea because it's not defined what it means when it says they've been harmed and what that definition might mean to different courts around the country. But we do know this is going to be a major issue. My first question is, why is this even included in this bill at all? There is already a protection that the state has the opportunity to be able to make sure they're enforcing the law within their state. This new private right of action, though, goes above and beyond that. And gives the opportunity for entrepreneurial lawyers to be able to practice their craft at the detriment of entities all over the country. What it really does is it silences any individual who may disagree and discourages any faith-based entity from cooperating with government. To say, if you want to be able to partner with the state in any area, you probably aren't welcome here. You know, sometimes talk show hosts are accused of exaggerating, embellishing, using hyperbole. I wasn't trying to do that today when I said Joe Biden and Congress declare war on God and his people. I wasn't trying to use hyperbole at all. And I think that uh, Senator Lankford here backs up what I'm talking about. Because you don't share the same beliefs. The third big issue that we try to correct in this, that's a major problem in this bill, is in the bill, if you actually read through the text, 7A. Now, 7A probably means nothing to many people outside this room. But the 7A section is designed to be able to protect the rights of individuals or entities not to be able to lose their nonprofit status or grants or contracts or whatever it may be. But it has very specific language that's built into this. The specific language is, if that benefit or right does not arise from a marriage. Now, it's very carefully written, and when I pass it around to different attorneys to say, what does this mean? It's been fascinating to me to be able to hear the different interpretations of this statute. This particular section 7A is written so vague that it's very difficult to understand what it does mean, but it is very clear what it doesn't mean. When it says all these different rights that have been granted based on does not arise from a marriage, it doesn't include your belief about marriage. It just says does not arise from a marriage. Now why do I say that? Our amendment actually includes the belief about marriage included into it to make it very, very clear that if you have a different belief about marriage, you won't lose your nonprofit status. You won't lose your opportunity to have grants or contracts. But that's not included in this statute. What's included in the statute is just does not arise from a marriage. It's scary. I'm telling you. That will be a problem in the courts. And unfortunately, that will have to be litigated until that's actually determined what it would mean. What we could do instead is pass my amendment. 
the amendment makes it very clear. What I hear from some of even the bill sponsors say, no, this is what it's intended to mean. I look at it and say, but that's not what it actually says. So let's actually have that section say what you actually intended for that to say, to make it clear. Let's take away the private right of action so that people around the country aren't perpetually worried about a lawsuit coming at them constantly. And let's take away this under the color of law section so that there's not a fear of faith-based nonprofits not partnering with their own government for fear that government would step in and say, oh, if you're going to partner with us, then you've got to surrender these different beliefs. Again, I've had individuals that are sponsors of this bill say, none of those things are what we intend. The courts don't rule on intentions of Congress. They rule on the text that we actually put out. And that's three major problems in this text. That if they are not corrected, and if they're not corrected today, my fear is President Obama's statement of just seven years ago that we would not recognize different viewpoints and revere our deep commitment to religious freedom would today be ignored. I encourage the adoption of my amendment. And I encourage everyone in this body to ask a very simple question of themselves. Is today about respecting the rights of all? Or is it about silencing some and respecting others? It's about silencing some. It's exactly what it's about. So, let me share with you what Mike Lee said. It's uh, it's a lot shorter. He uh, he got right to the point. And then um, some thoughts from World Magazine. But before I do that, I just want to say thank you again to our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar or skin problems like psoriasis or, or migraines, for that matter? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it is designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. The migraines went away and never came back, for that matter. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, blood sugar problems, psoriasis, migraines even, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009. For a free consultation, they've helped me, my wife, and so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you too. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas and you're interested, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says, Find a Doctor Near You. 
and I sure hope you can. All right, now, I want to tell you about Patreon Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it is really important for us to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, my name, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, it's time to switch to Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, which now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business. You find out all you want to know at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Of course, use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or... Call 469-FREEDOM. Okay. Let's get to Mike Lee, the fellow who had the amendment that did not get passed, and I wish it had. In the hope that we can come to a place where we respect each other, I have offered an amendment to this legislation that would explicitly minimize the threats to these religious organizations and individuals. I'm at the table. I'm willing to compromise. In the spirit of compromise, I've publicly stated, and I reiterate here again today, that I will support the legislation if my amendment is adopted. My amendment simply prohibits the federal government from discriminating against schools, businesses, and organizations based on their religious beliefs about same-sex marriage. That's all it does. My amendment prevents the Internal Revenue Service, among other things, from revoking the tax-exempt status of these charities and organizations simply because they act according to their beliefs about the divine purpose of marriage. It prevents the Department of Education from targeting schools with honor codes based on the fact that they've got provisions in their honor codes based on religious beliefs. It protects individuals from being denied business licenses or grants or other statuses based on their views about marriage. It protects Americans who wish to add, who wish to act according to their religious beliefs 
from being forced to abandon their God-given mandates to love, serve, and care for the poor, the orphan, and the refugee. If we allow the government to threaten their ability to do so, then the religious liberty of every American is in peril. As I said, Madam President, we must be willing to compromise to protect the interests of all. I urge my colleagues to support my amendment, which would assure that all Americans would have certain rights and that, that their religious beliefs and their moral convictions will be explicitly protected and provide some comfort that Congress is not purposely passing laws that restrict the free exercise of religion. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what they're doing. And again, incoming Deputy Chief of Staff for Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Judd Deere, really excited about that. He says it's an historic day. Now, I'm doing show prep 24-7, around the clock, and I'm looking a bunch of different places that you don't have time to look to try to get you the best information that I can about the issues of the day. So let's go to World Magazine. Uh, Josh Schumacher, article entitled, Senate Passes Act Redefining Marriage. It's got a big picture of Chuck Schumer, and it says, 12 Republicans voted with Democrats in the Senate on Tuesday to pass a so-called Respect for Marriage Act. The bill would enshrine a right to same-sex marriage into federal law. Religious liberty advocates say the bill could infringe on the rights of individuals, churches, and organizations to express their religious views on marriage. Some religious liberty amendments were earlier added to gain Republican votes, but the Senate struck down three other amendments seeking more protections for religious liberty before 61 senators voted to pass the bill and only 36 opposed it. The House must approve the measure once more before it heads to Joe Biden's desk. Now, how did this act come about? Well, the bill gained support after the Supreme Court Dobbs versus Jackson decision in June, which overturned Roe v. Wade. In a concurring opinion in Dobbs, Justice Clarence Thomas said the Supreme Court should also review some of the legal reasoning used in the Obersvel versus Hodges decision, which recognized a right to same-sex marriage. The fear that the court could reverse Obergefell pushed many members of Congress to try to codify it into federal law first. Jay Richards with the Heritage Foundation told World Magazine that Obergefell was never in danger and the act will trample religious rights. I don't doubt it. That is uh, Josh Schumacher, breaking news reporter for World Magazine. That's from the uh, the 29th, now from November 30th. World Magazine 
Al Mohler. Is he still in charge of that uh, seminary? Yeah. Al Mohler, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College and editor of World Opinions, also president of the Evangelical Theological Society and host of The Briefing and Thinking in Public. And, of course, he's written a number of books, including The Gathering Storm, Secularism, Culture, and the Church. He is the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary's Centennial Professor of Christian Thought and a minister, having served as pastor and staff minister of several Southern Baptist churches. And here is what Al Mohler says over at World Magazine. Articles entitled, A Massive Victory for the Moral Revolutionaries. Subtitled, Yesterday the United States Senate Surrendered Marriage. And here's what Al Mohler says. Yesterday was not just another day in the life of the United States Senate. It was not just another bad day in Senate history. What happened yesterday represents an abject failure to uphold the most basic institution of human civilization. The Senate voted to redefine marriage. 61 senators voted for what they dared to call the Respect for Marriage Act, as if subverting marriage is an act of respect. Most of the senators who voted for the legislation are Democrats, but 12 Republicans made passage of the bill possible. They argued that the bill was a successful compromise and that it protected both LGBTQ rights and religious freedom, as well as interracial marriage. But interracial marriage has been legal for decades and is not even debated. This is all about same-sex marriage. In reality, those senators voted to redefine marriage, weaken society's fundamental covenant, and threaten the religious freedom of Americans who, by religious conviction, cannot join in the legislation's revolt against marriage and family, morality, and creation order. To put this in perspective, in 1996, driven by concern that the legalization of same-sex marriage by liberal states would require other states and the federal, and the federal government to recognize those marriages, Congress overwhelmingly voted to approve the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, as it became known, passed with supermajorities in both the House and the Senate. President Clinton then signed the legislation into law. That was just 26 years ago. Yesterday, the Senate joined the House to reverse course. This came only after the Supreme Court struck down DOMA, 2013, and then declared a right of same-sex couples to marry, 2015. Yesterday's vote was claimed as an act of courage. It was not courage, for no courage was needed. It was merely betrayal, and that betrayal must be long remembered. Now, some LGBTQ activists and their allies made clear that the Respect for Marriage Act did not go far enough as far as they were concerned. Anyone who thinks the LGBTQ movement will be satisfied with forcing states to recognize same-sex marriages is delusional. Anyone who thinks the religious freedom so-called protections in the bill will be respected by the left is dishonest. Hawaii's Democrat United States Senator Brian Schatz said, it would be great if the bill went further, but we didn't have the votes to go further. Well, 
not yet, but probably soon. Topping uh, Brian Schatz in candor was Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, who said, I want to see the day when we have 100 votes in favor of no discrimination, not just for those who we love, but also in any activity. Okay, so there seem to be no boundaries on Liz Warren's enthusiasm, or as the late, great Rush Limbaugh would call her, Focahontas, F-A-U-X, fake. Joe Biden celebrated the bill's passage by declaring that, quote, love is love, and Americans should have the right to marry the person they love, unquote. So get rid of the statute of limitations, huh? Really? I mean, well, not statute of limitations, but... Um, get rid of um, age of consent. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden says that love is love. You ought to be able to marry whoever. And his daughter's diary said that he took showers with her, so... um, Yeah, that's um, that's messed up. Yeah, Dementia Joe said, love is love, and Americans should have the right to marry the person they love. Al Mohler continues saying, oh, by the way, as a senator, Biden voted for the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996. Apparently he did not believe then that love is love. That's how a revolution in in morality works. If you agree to join the revolution, the activists will find a way to forgive your previous transgressions. Senator Dick Durbin, Illinois, also voted for DOMA as a member of Congress. Yesterday, he celebrated his vote for the new bill by asserting, we need to protect LGBTQ families and ensure that same-sex marriages offer the same stability and dignity that all marriages are entitled to. All marriages, Senator Durbin? Moral dignity, by the way, is beyond the power of the United States Senate to confer. The amended bill offered a fig leaf of protection for religious freedom, and risks are clear. Also clear was the refusal of the Senate to adopt any of the three more strenuous amendments defending religious freedom put forth by Senators James Lankford, Republican Oklahoma, Marco Rubio, Republican Florida, and Mike Lee, Republican Utah. Senator Durbin made his position on concerns about religious freedom clear in these words, and I quote, But we must remember this crucial First Amendment freedom is a shield, not a sword. It cannot and must not be wielded to discriminate against any individuals solely based on who they love, unquote. In other words, he's saying here, we got our bill, good luck on your religious freedom. History will record that it was not only 12 Republican senators who joined with the Democrats to make this possible. Groups like the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities and the National Association of Evangelicals offered statements of political support. Those acts need to be long remembered, too. 
Shirley V. Hoogstra of the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities said the bill shows that LGBTQ rights can coexist with religious freedom protections and that the rights of both groups can be advanced in a way that is prudent and practical. Al Mohler says here, so this is what prudent and practical looks like? Uh, Forgive me, but I see it as a sellout. Once you agree that the crucial issue is striking the right balance between so-called LGBTQ rights and religious freedom, nothing will stop the advance of LGBTQ rights and the retreat of religious freedom. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat, New York, was gleeful in advance of the Senate vote, tweeting both his excitement and his fashion statement by saying, this is personal to me, and today I'm wearing the tie I wore at my daughter's wedding to her wife. No civilization stands still. This kind of legislation is not neutral. The so-called Respect for Marriage Act is either the, the sign of a civilization advancing or civilization crumbling. If you believe that marriage is a structure of creation order that is necessary for humanity to thrive, you cannot celebrate this bill. If you believe that marriage is just whatever the culture wants it to be at any time, you can go ahead and celebrate. You, You might even ask Senator Schumer if you can borrow his tie for the occasion. That's Al Mohler. President of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College and editor of World Opinions. And the article over at World Magazine is called A Massive Victory for the Moral Revolutionaries. And oh man, oh man. That is truly unfortunate. So now it's time for me to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, Red River Your Way. Big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. So today's tweet of the day, wonderful Christian lady out of the Atlanta area that uh, we follow each other on Twitter. Her name is Terry Green. And since we're getting into the month of November, I thought it would be appropriate. She says, in the Charlie Brown Christmas show, Linus explains perfectly what the true meaning of Christmas is. After reciting the story of Christ's birth from the Bible in Luke Chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Linus says that's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown. They're hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rats. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. (laughs) What a treat. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. 
And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Wow. Thank you again to Mitch Ward over at RedRiverYourWay.com for making it possible for us to do the tweet of the day, day in and day out. Pray for our country because um, the Senate has passed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, looks like the House is going to pass it, and Dementia Joe will be delighted to sign it into law and see, as Senator Lankford referred to, entrepreneurial attorneys go all over this country suing people of faith for not denying their faith in the matter of the definition of marriage. I don't want you ever be able to say, Doc, why didn't you warn us? I'm telling you, that's what's up. Pray for our country. You have been listening to episode 293 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. And that's the way it is. Wednesday, November 30th, 2022.